Welcome into another episode of The Owen Show. This is episode 7, officially. I am Owen Burke here, joined, as usual, by Tim Hunt. How you doing, Tim? Good. We've gotten to the point where it actually is, uh, as usual. As usual now, yeah. Feels like a routine, and gotta say, it's probably one of my favorite routines I have in life right now. So, every Tuesday, drop it on Wednesday, and then have everybody call us dumbasses the rest of the week. I know. It is right up there for me we're gonna talk a little nba today too so that'll be exciting so it's basketball in we got a quick mlb fan question to start the show hop into our nfl and we will round out our hour and a half with the nba hopefully we can stick to that hour and a half right as we got the scheduling figured out the nba started and now we're gonna have to do it all over again yeah we're gonna have to do a little bit less nfl to try to get the nba in there as well gotta rebalance refocus and revitalize i guess all the re's gotta do them all so, to start today with uh, our, f- we have four fan questions. Two are going to kind of tie in together, but four total. Our first one is going to be our first MLB question, our first MLB topic at all through the Owen Show. Uh, this question comes from Alex in Columbus, Georgia. He said, who do we think will win the World Series and how many games does the series go? So, this is tough. I definitely did not see the Braves... Making the World Series. Uh, when I when the postseason bracket came out, I was watching it. I've been trying to get into baseball more this year, so I have been paying a little bit more attention than I usually do. Um, I've been getting into, like I said, I've been getting into baseball. I like the White Sox quite a bit. I have buddies that are Giants fans. I have, obviously, Shea's a Braves fan. And I have two buddies that are Yankees, three buddies that are Yankees fans. And so if you would have, we're all in a group chat together. It's all one friend group. So if I if we would have taken a poll of which of those four teams would have made the World Series, I think the Braves probably would have finished last. Last, yeah. I when everybody looks at those other teams, so uh, it's been a great a miracle run by the Braves, and I don't think they're done. I think this series goes six or seven games regardless. I don't see either team creating an advantage for a sweep or even a five game series. Um, I do think the Astros are the better team on paper and on the field, honestly, but. The Braves are the hottest team in baseball at this point. Uh, they've been the hottest team in baseball since the wild card round, since the divisional round of the playoffs. So it's hard to go against them. I think Lance McCullers being out hurts the Astros, but I think the, the real deciding factor for me is which bullpen plays better down the stretch. They've both been very bullpen dependent. Charlie Morton is officially out. I think he fractured his tibia in game one. So that's a huge blow to the Braves relieving pitching staff. So I don't know. I think it's going to come down to bullpen pitching and which superstar steps up. Is it going to be Freddie Freeman or is it going to be Jose Altuve or maybe Carlos Correa? Yeah. I'm going to take the Braves in seven. As of right now, the Braves are up 5-1 in game one in the top of the eighth. Um, I'm going to go a little bit of a different direction. I'm going to take the Houston Astros to win in five. Okay. Um, mainly because I hate the Braves. Um, I'm a Mets fan, so gotcha. not a big fan of the Braves. I watched Understood. Chipper Jones torch us for years, so <laughs> I don't care what Shea thinks. Um, <laughs> screw the Braves, so I hope you guys lose in the World Series. <laughs> so you know the pain of what it feels like to have a World Series ripped out of your hands. That's fantastic. When was the last time the Mets got a World Series yanked out of their hands? Uh, 2015, we lost to the Royals. I remember that, actually. I was a bandwagon Royals fan for about a year and a half. And when I say bandwagon fan, I mean, like, I bought a T-shirt, and I was like, ah, mm-hmm. I love the Royals. 
I can name like four players at best. Yeah, that was that was painful for me to watch. So yeah, I hope the Braves lose. That's all I have to say. Fair enough. So Astros in five. I have the Braves in seven. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a really good series because it's the perfect battle of this team is obviously better, but this team is red hot right now, and I think that was always make for the most compelling series. They are they are kind of the Cinderella team, if you will. Yeah, to have that Cinderella make it all the way and run into the one seed, the team in baseball, at least the team in the AL. With the is. injuries the Braves had during the regular season, I probably watched more regular season baseball than you did. Um, yeah, probably. But, yeah, I wouldn't have guessed the Braves were going to win uh, this division. I, I mean, obviously, as a Mets fan, I thought the Mets were going to win, but the Phillies also looked pretty good and the nationals also looked pretty good so yeah they were kind of at the bottom of my list out of those teams but well the second acuna went down you're like okay well there's their star player yeah and they stayed aggressive at the trade deadline so like good for them to acquired like, jorge soler from kansas city and they i mean it worked it, if worked. it pays off in a title you're like it makes you that much more excited for next year as well because now you add your best player back and now what can we do in year two as well? So, Assuming they keep Freddie Freeman. That's so. true. That is very true, yeah. There's a lot of free agents this year that a lot of teams are going to have their eyes on, and Freddie is near the top of that list. So our next question comes from my buddy Kellen down in San Antonio. Uh, his question is, who are the legitimate contenders left in the NFL? Who are contenders for the Super Bowl at this point in the year? We are seven weeks in officially now. Almost to the halfway point. Of course, there's not an even halfway point because we do 17 games. But anything to make our lives more confusing. Correct. Thank you, Roger Goodell. Um, So I kind of have my list put together. I think in the AFC, there's three teams that I really think are vying for a a championship at this point. Okay. I think it's the Bills, the Ravens, and the Chargers. I was really, really, really close to putting the Bengals on here. I almost put the Bengals down. I think... Two or three more weeks playing with the way that they're currently playing. I think the Bengals might enter this conversation, to be honest with you. They just slipped out. Um, and then, obviously, in the NFC, you have the Cardinals and the Rams. I have the Bucks, the Packers, and the Cowboys are my people that I still think are very... So you're including the Cardinals and the Rams, I'm assuming? Yeah. So you have five teams in on So that. I have five. Yeah, I have three contenders left in the AFC, and I have five in the NFC. Similar, I would say, on the AFC, I only have Tennessee and Buffalo. Tennessee, um, okay. or no, I'm sorry. That's not even Tennessee. Buffalo and the Ravens. Excuse okay. me. Um, I don't think I've seen enough from any of these other teams to know. So I've never seen Joe Burrow in the playoffs. I've never seen Justin Herbert in the playoffs. Yeah, the Chargers felt like a stretch, but at the same time, I felt wrong for leaving them off. Yeah, so it's very weird. It's hard to say that you're going to win big games until we've seen it kind of later in the year. I'm not saying they can't be contenders. Just right now, they haven't shown enough for me. Uh, Tennessee, I don't think they can do anything to make them a contender in my mind just because i don't think that passing game is explosive enough yet to make me believe that in a fourth quarter final drive situation ryan Tannehill is going to lead that team down to win a game yeah when your number one problem is consistency like it's it's a good thing because that means obviously you have no real glaring holes but also it's the hardest thing to fix usually because it takes time it takes a lot of time to fix consistency issues and like i said we're almost halfway through the year at this point and they haven't fixed it yet so they've still got some it's definitely not out of the question but tennessee definitely sits on the outside looking in for now for me definitely they they can make a deep run in the playoffs i just don't think they're they're ready for a super bowl contention um for the same reason we're pretty close on the nfc i have the bucks packers 
Uh, I have the Cowboys Rams. I don't have Arizona in just yet. I love Kyler Murray. I think he's pulling together an MVP season. Uh, We talked about it a little bit last episode, though. Uh, Most of the time, you have a growing pain season in the playoffs. Lamar was horrible in his first playoff game. Very true. Um, So most of the time, we'd like you to see kind of come out have a uh, lay a lay a stinker, you know, in your first playoff appearance, and then the following year is when we like to see improvement, and then somewhere in there is when you you make your Super Bowl run after that first year. So, I just don't think the Cardinals have enough experience. Um, I mean, JJ Watt and DeAndre Hopkins bring good good playoff experience, but I don't know if that leadership group. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury has never coached a playoff NFL game in his life, no. so just a lot of question marks on. Because, yeah, I mean, they're a great team, and they're playing really, really well right now. But in the playoffs, it's just a different animal. People feel the pressure. It's louder games, bigger crowds, things like that. Yeah, well, now you mention it, like, I don't think Brandon Staley, the Chargers head coach, has coached a single playoff game in his career. Zach Taylor hasn't coached one in Cincinnati yet. Cliff Kingsbury. So all the teams that you left off are all going to be rookie coaches when it comes to playoffs. Staley, time. at least, was on the Rams staff, was on when, they staff. Went to, to when they went to a Super Bowl. That's true. Where Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury, I don't think, has ever been on a Super Bowl coaching staff. I so. don't, because I think this is his first NFL job, isn't it? He came straight from Texas Tech to. I think he was a quarterback coach in the NFL for a little Somewhere. bit. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all, actually. But yeah, to be on a Super Bowl staff is a little bit. Was different. Zach Taylor on the Eagles Super Bowl staff? Uh, he might have been. He might I'm have been. actually. I think he was because yeah. I remember he went to. He was actually a quarterback at Butler, so that was a huge. That was a quite a big storyline when I was there. It was like, oh, there's a guy that was went to Butler. He's a head coach in the NFL now. Oh, he went to Butler yeah. Community. Yeah, he went to Butler Community. I'm College thinking of the basketball school like Butler. Oh yeah, and I'm like, they have a football team. I'm like, I didn't even know that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So that was a big story. I remember, and then hey, I, as much as I don't want the Bengals to succeed, obviously being in the Ravens division. It's. I mean, they they looked good this week. I mean, we'll talk about it. I don't yeah, we we'll, we'll definitely jump into it's the definitely Bengals. a game we're going to talk about. I I just am not buying into hype trains right now to make them Super Bowl contenders. Show me what you can do in the playoffs. I mean, and teams every now and again make runs that you just don't expect, like the Eagles that one year. Like they were the best team in fo- the hottest team in football going into it, and they just got their way through the playoffs. Yeah. So I'm not saying it's impossible. I just don't. It doesn't happen enough that I'd put money on it by any yeah. means. And it also, and and that's the thing is, those rookie head coaches like that year that the Eagles went crazy. Like Doug Peterson may not have been the most experienced playoff coach of all time, but I truly believe that he outcoached Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl. That's the first time I've ever seen a head coach like lay it on the line. I feel like a lot of coaches are like, okay, it's Belichick, no mistakes, no trick plays. We're fundamental football. Peterson was scared. Yeah, exactly. Most people are intimidated. Peterson was like. Let it fucking ride. We're only here once. This is the first time the Eagles have been here in so long. We're going to f- let it fly, and sure enough, it worked. That's why I think he'll get another coaching job in the NFL. I'm shocked it hasn't happened yet. Do you think he'll get one this offseason? I think so. I think he's one of those guys that I'd watch out for that I think will will be back in a in a, in a a head coaching spot for sure. I would agree. I could definitely see it. So, uh, if this Mike is... McCarthy got a job, then I hope that man gets a job. That's true. If Mike McCarthy gets a job, there's hope for every free agent coach out there. Uh, next question comes to us from Reed at uh, good old Dick Sporting Goods here in Manhattan. He said he wants us to predict our AFC and NFC title games and tell us why. So this kind of does tie into the contenders. Obviously, we got to pick a couple teams here. Um, 
who we think are going to be in these title games. Who do you – I'll let you go first. You, you want me to go first? Yeah, I'll let you go first. I actually – and it's funny that you say this. So when I was thinking about this, you got to one thing about like where seeding is going to fall and stuff yep. like that. It's very true. Um, if you're not a one seed, you're at a great disadvantage to play in a championship game. Uh, ultimately, I think Buffalo pulls out and is still the one seed in the in the AFC, even though they're the four seed right now. I just I like their season coming up. They should be the one seed. So I think I think ultimately we see Buffalo in there, and then I'm gonna go with a little bit of a surprise pick to make it all the way to the AFC championship game. Um, I'm gonna have Tennessee in it. Tennessee. So. As much as I don't like them, I think they can sneak into a second or a third seed. You know what I mean? Play one home playoff game, su- surprise somebody like a Baltimore on the road, and then get into the AFC Championship game. Yeah, the seeding is all what matters here. Because if Baltimore's the two seed, it doesn't bode. It, it all depends on who winds up as the low seed. Like Carson Wentz looked really good on Monday night Sunday night football against the Niners. Which their secondary is extremely banged up, so take it with a grain of salt. But like, if the Colts somehow overachieve, slip the division title, make the four seed, and then the Titans come in as the five or six, that's a huge issue for Baltimore. It's a huge issue for Buffalo and whoever wins um, in the West as well, whether it's the Chargers or the Raiders at this point, who are somehow still afloat yeah. after firing John Gruden. Raiders look good too, but. Yeah, I think playing up in Western New York later in the year too will uh, not be enjoyable for a lot of these teams. Yeah. Whereas playing in a dome in Las Vegas, or I mean, Cincinnati probably won't be fun later in the year. Uh, same thing with like Cleveland if they sneak in. I don't think they'll have any home games if they do make it in. But yeah, I think when you look at any any of the teams that are going to finish as the top two seeds, I think are going to not be fun places to play come yeah. January. So, who do you got for the NFC? The NFC, I this is again, I'm gonna go a little bit spicy on people. I am gonna pick the Bucks to make it back, and then I'm gonna have them play in the Dallas Cowboys. Wow. And I'm gonna have it be in a really, really entertaining game. Oh, I bet, yeah. That's definitely gonna we get your week one primetime Thursday night football rematch on the last year the last game for the Super Bowl. I could definitely see it. And again, the seating drastically affects who's gonna land where. The Rams not being a one seed is terrifying. The Bucks not being a one seed is terrifying. Like the fact that you would have to run into one of those teams and then go on to play somebody who finished better is never something that you want to do. I think when it comes to the NFC, it will be one of the division champs that goes home with that NFC title. I think the Bucks, the Packers, the Cowboys, or the Rams are gonna make the Super Bowl. So and you I think, think the Rams are going to outplay the Cardinals the rest of the year and take that title from them? Yeah, that's a very good point, actually. Which, can you imagine how terrifying that would be? Especially if you're like, you're like, if, I'm trying to think. So how the seeding would work, the Rams would probably be the five seed at that point. If the Cardinals hold on, win the division title, the Rams would be the five seed. I would bet that they'll, they'll end up in the five seed. So the five seed wins, and the four, so the five seed would play the one seed at that point, correct? Because they'd beat the four... So, like, imagine if you're Tampa. The two plays the seven, the three plays the six, and the four and five play each other. Four and five play each other. So, if, I mean, you could see Arizona and L.A. at that point in the second round of the playoffs. You get a third division matchup. Very much so. Insanely entertaining. Because if, yeah, I don't know. Just having to play the Rams as a five seed is something that does not interest me at all. 
Like yeah, that would not be a wild card team that you're normally used to going against because they are le- a legit team. Even if it's the Cardinals in that spot, they're both legit teams. Um, yeah. I think Green Bay getting the one seed is the scariest spot for everyone to be in. Hundred percent. Two games in in Lambeau are, are not going to be easy to win. I don't even know really how the Bucks did it last year coming from Florida all the way up to Green Bay, Wisconsin. So I, I think the Packers getting the one seed is the scariest situation as far as home field advantage goes there. 100% I agree. Well, again, look at the rest of the contenders. Even if you count the Cardinals, that's a dome. The Rams playing a dome. The Bucks playing Florida, so it'll be moderate. Yep. And then the Cowboys playing a dome. Yep. So obviously the Packers want the one seed. Yes. As much as they possibly can because it's going to make it very, very uncomfortable for any other team who has to make that trip up there. Um, for my AFC title game, it's very tough for me. Um, I think the Bills do make it. They should be the one seed. Um, and if they don't, if the Bills can't make the AFC title game this year, I think it's a massive disappointment, especially with... Like, this year, now, if Kansas City was playing as they should and they were good and Patrick Mahomes is good, them not making the AFC title game, if they were bounced by Kansas City, it'd be an okay thing. You're not happy, obviously, but, like, anything less than an AFC title appearance, and honestly, anything less than a Super Bowl appearance is a disappointment, I think, for Buffalo. Oh, absolutely. When you look at the surrounding The Chiefs teams, are down this year. I mean, Cleveland isn't as good as everybody thought they'd be. Baltimore is extremely banged up. Yeah, they just lost Ronnie Stanley for the rest of the year as of last week, so that means more of Andre Villanueva at left tackle. If you were going to do it, this would be the year to do it. Hundred percent. You're never going to have. I w- it's not an easy road to the Super Bowl. It never is. But if there ever was, when you look at the surrounding teams and the situations that are happening currently, when there's not a team that's dominating in the AFC South, the Tennessee hasn't found their stride. Indy's still struggling. Kansas City is somewhere I don't know where. Justin Herbert's still learning. Derek Carr is... The Raiders are definitely beatable. And then you look, obviously, in their division. Not worried about it. And then Baltimore. Extremely banged up. Cleveland just lost Baker Mayfield. Their playoff contention is in question at this point, depending on how long he's out. If he if he's out for the rest of the year, they can kiss the playoffs goodbye. I don't think I, they're going to... I I, I doubt he'll shut down for the whole year. There's, I, there's talks he's going to even play next. They, there was talks he was going to play last week. There's a chance he plays again this week. Which is insane to me. I I understand he's a tough kid, and I know he wants to play football, but it is, it is dangerous. Now, if this was like... He's playing for a contract. That's true. He's got to go out and show it. Everyone else in his class is about to get paid. Yeah. Some of them have already gotten paid. Everybody but Sam Darwin's going to get paid. And Josh Rosen, obviously. Yes, yep, yep. But always the asterisk. <laughs> Just mark it on there. Always the Josh Rosen of the group. Yeah. I want to. My heart tells me Bills Bengals, but I also have to. I okay. can't. I don't know if I can see the Bengals winning two playoff games to get there in the first place. You're getting a little wrapped up in the moment. Potentially, I, there. I think I am a little bit, but I look at the rest of the teams and I just I don't know. Baltimore, I think seating is going to mess them up. I think they're going to. They're probably going to get bounced. I do think not having Ronnie Stanley the rest of the year is really really going to affect them. Like I said, Max Crosby. Looked like the best defensive end in the world in week one. And he actually leads the league in total pressures right now. He so looks good, yeah. He's he's having a career year on top of it. So it doesn't bode well for Baltimore. I think Cleveland is... I can't see Cleveland winning two late games. Like, it's just one of those things where I'm looking, I'm looking at Joe Burrow, and I'm thinking about everything you're telling me. 
But I look at every other team, and every other team falls under either that category or some other category where I'm like, I, it's hard to put them in that spot. This is such an early ask for what this is going to look like. I, it's it's hard to say to not get caught up in the moment. Because the Bengals are the one seed right now. Yep. Somebody's the playoffs gonna, started today. Somebody's going to fall apart. The thing I look for in the playoffs is, as you play against better teams, how many options do you have? How many weapons can you go to, right? So if I'm Cincinnati, outside of Jamar Chase and you know maybe Joe Mixon, um, not the greatest set of weapons that they have out there. I mean, T. Higgins has had a, they have like three number threes. Yeah, they they, they have some guys. I mean, Las Vegas doesn't have a true number one guy outside of Darren Waller. Like Darren Waller's their one. But you can go to Henry Ruggs. He is a deep option. Kenyon Drake can catch stuff out of the backfield. Josh Jacobs is is a pretty good running back. So like. For me, that that's not a crazy option. The Titans are solely held back by Ryan Tannehill, because that that offensive, you know, that weaponry right there. You look at, you're like, man, that that could be really, really good. And that's kind of the same problem I have with Baltimore to a degree. It's like outside of Hollywood Brown, I mean, Mark Andrews has had a disappointing season. He had a disappointing four four games. He's that he was. I think he was one of the lower graded tight ends according to Pro Football Focus. In the last three weeks, I think he's been the highest graded in run blocking, catching, and overall. So he's dominated recently, but again, it's three games as a seventeen game year. Right. We'll so, see. Like you, I, when I look at just every team in the AFC, there's always there's an asterisk next to everybody. Yeah. When it comes to the guys that are going to make the playoffs, obviously Buffalo's in the AFC title game. I'm going to roll. So are you locking that in? Uh I don't know. Because the easy choice is Bills, Ravens, but again, like, there's no other team that sticks out. I don't think that's an easy choice. Why can't Kansas City just be good so I can pick them and make it an easy choice? The Chargers. I'm gonna go with the Chargers. Actually. Okay. I think it's gonna be Bills Chargers. <laughs> you name like three teams. I because <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you I, when I'm looking at this, I'm like, the Chargers fall in the same. We're talking about rookie quarterbacks when it comes to the playoffs. The Raiders have a brand new head coach. I, oh. I'm not going to bet on Derek Carr to win two playoff games at the same We've time. We've never seen Derek Carr in big playoff. We have not a many. The one time moments. we had a chance to, he broke his leg. Right, that was exactly. the issue. And Kansas City obviously is a no go. Tennessee, if they run into Baltimore or if they run into a good run defense, and as good as he's looked, he's the best running back in the league right now. He leads the league in rushing. He's looked absolutely fantastic. He destroyed Baltimore in the regular season last year, and he had 42 rushing yards in that playoff game. That's why they that's lost. Yeah. So I think that's going to catch up to him. Indy, I can't. I'm not going to bet on Indy winning two playoff games. They're not even there. in the playoffs right now. So Cleveland, I'm not going to bet on them winning two games. There Joe Burrow falls in with. I mean, it's, it's everybody falls in that category. It's very tough in the AFC. It is. NFC. I am going to bet Buccaneers. Okay. That's, there's no reason not to. Brady's looked great. They're the only team in Super Bowl history to ever return all 22 starters. Um, Antonio Brown's looked great, better than he did last year. He's already surpassed his receiving totals from last year. Um, I do like your Cowboys pick. I won't lie. Um, This one's harder for different reasons because you could see five teams win three playoff games and get to the Super Bowl. Like There's a lot of really, really talented teams here. I think... This is tough. As you can tell, I didn't think about this one as much beforehand. Um, 
I think whoever wins the NFC West will make it. Whoever the two seed is, I think, is going to make it. So whether that's the Rams or whether it's the Cardinals. One of those think, two. I think will be the team that makes it. Because I look at – I want to pick whoever the five seed is, but they're going to have to play Tampa week two of the playoffs probably. Because if, if all high seeds win, if the two high seeds win and then the five seed wins, they're going to Tampa Bay to play them, which is never a fun ask. But the Rams have done it. They have beat Tampa this year, did they not? I thought they did. Maybe The Rams? Yeah. I don't think they did. Did they? Shoot. I could be wrong. And now I know Tampa's like lost one game. I didn't think it was to the Rams, though. Let's look. Schedule. They did beat the Bucks. But then they lost to the Cardinals the week after. Okay. So, okay. So, parity at its finest. But the Rams' schedule is just kind of a cakewalk the rest of the way. Houston, Tennessee, San Francisco, Green Bay, Jacksonville, Arizona, Seattle, Minnesota, Baltimore, and San Francisco again. Three hard games on there, maybe. Maybe, yeah. if that. So, I mean... Say. Even if they lose a game they're not supposed to, they're still finishing at what twelve and five. Yeah, really, they really got to beat the Cardinals. Is really- they have to beat the Cardinals. They have to split that season series. And I think if they can slip a game over Baltimore or Green Bay, they're sitting in a pretty good spot. Yeah. So, I'm going Bills, Chargers, and Rams. What did I say? AFC West champion. Yeah, the AFC West champ. Whoever takes NFC the two seed. Sorry. Whether it's Rams or Cardinals, we'll make it along with the Buccaneers and the NFC. That took way longer than it should have, and yes. it's all my fault. It's okay. So we're going to move on to the next one. Next question comes to my from to us from my buddy Derek in Arkansas. He asks, is the Chiefs' rough start due more to them being worse this year than they were last year, or is it more about other teams being better this year? Chiefs being worse. I mean, I think that think division... Yeah, that division's harder than it's probably been in past years, but the Chiefs are not playing well. It's really what it comes down to. The They were a super talented team the last two years. I mean, obviously, making it to back-to-back Super Bowls. Never an easy task. Never an easy task. So um, the downfall was coming. It was just kind of a matter of when. Um, I don't think it's getting talked about enough, but I think, uh, I think that defense isn't playing as well, and I think uh, – the Chiefs' offense maybe isn't as special as we thought it was as far yeah. as play calling goes and stuff like that. Somebody said that Patrick Mahomes looks like he's back at Texas Tech where the protection isn't great, he's running around, he's trying to create for himself, and it worked for two years. It's not working right now. Right. And it makes him look twice as bad. That It's the same thing we talked about Luka Doncic last week, and we're going to talk about it later on in the show. That superhero ball looks real good until it stops working. You look like the greatest player on earth until teams figure it out. Right. Until you start to play superhero ball and it fails, and right now it's failing. There was a couple bad throws in the game in Washington. They still won that game handedly, but they did not look good in the first half. They just lost to Tennessee, who hasn't looked good all year. And I don't know. Because when I look at their schedule, they come back against the Browns. They lose against the Ravens on a fumble in the fourth by Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. The Chargers beat them on a game-winning drive. Um, they, they took the Eagles down, but their defense allowed Jalen Hurts 30 points on their Eagles def- on that defense. Uh, they got waxed by Buffalo. As much as 31-13 is a large spread, they squeaked out against Washington, to mm-hmm. be real. Um, 
with how good their offense should be and how bad Washington's defense has been, they should have put up 50. The the one thing I will say about the Chiefs is, I, and I made this comparison a couple weeks ago, is that I think Patrick Mahomes is more Brett Favre-esque than we realize. Yeah. And there were years the Packers didn't make the playoffs because of Brett Favre just playing that hero ball that we talked about and yeah. just thinking he's got to make every play a big play and a special play and things like that. Yeah. And I think Mahomes is going to have growing pain years where, yeah, like the Chiefs, they're going to go from a team that you're like, wow, they're going to win a Super Bowl this year to the next year where they're going to miss playoffs. You know what I mean? I think it's just going to be a happen. I don't think they're going to be a very consistent dynasty. They're going to be the Chiefs for a year, and then they're going to be the Cowboys for a year, and then back and forth and back and forth. I think the issue that I see long-term with Kansas City is that cap situation is not going to be pretty for the next four to five years. I, I We talked about it a lot, and a team's money-spending habits – is a very good indicator of how the future is going to be. And they've spent more money in the last two, three years than a lot of teams have spent in the last five years. I They haven't it, spent a lot of draft capital, which has been... That's true. Uh, they haven't been trading a lot. It's just the guys that they're paying so many guys. Yeah. I think they've spent more money on contract extensions and signing Joe Thune than the Patriots have in the last five to ten years. Yeah. Like, well, I, Patties, last year the, the Patriots spent like $100 Take out dollars. that year. But like, yeah. Patty's obviously worth every penny. You had to pay Patrick Mahomes. That's guaranteed. Tyreek Hill gets $20 million a year. Frank Clark still gets twenty a year for two years. He just gave Joe Thune a massive extension. Orlando Brown is pending. Um, Chris Jones is getting twenty a year. Travis Kelsey gets fifteen. Tyron Matthew gets 15. Like, they're just, they have a lot of money tied up in six guys. And I think the defense is really showing it. Chris Jones goes down. You have Tyron Matthew and Derek Nandi, I guess. Yeah. Legereus Sneed is, is very good as well, but just a lot of, a lot of guys that should not be starting on an NFL defense start on that defense. Yeah. <laughs> if you were to pull together the, the worst starting 11 defense in the NFL, there's probably like five or six Chiefs on there to be 100% honest with you. So it's definitely teams I think have gotten a little bit better, but it's definitely more about the Chiefs being worse this year than anything. I would agree. Let's jump into the recaps from last week. Um, We're not going to spend a ton of time on these. We've talked about these teams a lot already. Yeah, we have, yeah. Uh, Ravens-Bangles, that was a great game. Have you watched it? Yeah, I did. You did? I was able to watch a good majority of it, not all of it. It was a boxing match for the beginning periods. It really was. And then it just felt like Cincinnati was throwing punches that Baltimore couldn't keep up with. Could not counter, couldn't stop or counter any of their punches at all. Um, I know Chiefs fans may disagree with me, but I do think Baltimore has got to have the worst tackling team in the league at this point. Mm-hmm. I love Marlon Humphrey. The nine force fumbles last year was great. I would love to see a tackle that Marlon Humphrey makes where he doesn't get dragged for 15 yards. That'd be really nice for me to see at this see? point. That's my highlight of the season if I saw it at this point. The biggest thing that I struggle with is I think Lamar is a better passer than he has been. I think the thing that makes people think that he's not a great passer is he's not a very consistent one. Okay. So there were he definitely missed some throws this game. Uh, the passing offense just didn't look electric as as much as I kind of expected as it, it did to against Indy. Right. So it's it's one of those things that he can't come out every single week and sling it. And so it's like 
he didn't have a great game throwing the ball. He didn't have a great game running the ball either. So he kind of just was stuck in a weird spot where they couldn't get anything going. I think how good Baltimore has been this year and hopefully how good they finish is a very large testament to how good he is. He may not have looked great in certain games and the team may have not looked great, but for us to be talking about them as still decent Super Bowl contenders while having as many injuries as they have with 17 players on IR at this point, being Ronnie Stanley, being Marcus Peters, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, all of these guys, and those are key guys. As much as Justice Hill may be a third-string running back, he'd be the top back in the system at this point. He was, he would be the most talented back on the roster. So it was a close game. It's a lot closer than it looked. Uh, I I yeah. The score in, doesn't do it justice. Standing pretty pat on my hot take from a couple weeks ago, where I said that I think the Bengals made the right decision in drafting Jamar Chase. He's looked dynamite. The connection has never lost a step. Joe Burrow looks great. Jamar Chase looks great. But like I said, it's always that asterisk. If Joe Burrow stays healthy, and people could talk about how bad their offensive line's been, they're 4-2. and two. And they held up against a decent, a, a well-schemed, not star-laden pass rush by the Ravens defense, but a very probably the, the best-schemed blitzes that you could find in the league. And they handled him pretty well. So Joe Burrow, I think, is getting the ball out a little bit quicker, which is helping. I also think the offense is more open. I think Joe Mixon's also having a pretty great year, which we haven't seen out of him in a while. Um, and he's got a couple guys that he can throw the ball to, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Not the greatest options in the world, but, I mean, hey, it works. They get the ball out quick. And since he's defense, man, they get slept on, but they're it's it's a better defense than I think people want to give them credit for. Yeah, Trey Hendrickson is like fourth in the league in sacks right now. I believe he's Yeah, he's crushing that. it when it comes to stack, sacks. Um trying to remember where they're ranked right now i think it's like a top 15 defense in the league so it's nothing like too crazy here nothing to write home about but when you have a dynamic offense it's so just 11th enough. right now in the nfl 11th is when you have an offense that can put up 30 you know 25 30 a game 11th is perfect you'll take that for right sure. where you want to be yeah that's kids seem want a super bowl with that method you have the best offense in the league i just need the 16th best defense i don't yeah. need something crazy so that's they're they've they've played well and they definitely have a shot in the division. So. I, I would agree. That division is so open. I mean, it could be Bengals, it could be Ravens. Uh, I don't think it's the Browns at this point, but yeah, I don't think the doors closed, but they're definitely not the favorites anymore. No, I would agree. Uh, Chiefs Titans. It was just a just a disappointing game. Holy cow! I don't even know where to start with that game. I mean, there's not really much to say. Right. That is the epitome of how the Chiefs have played this year. It's a great game for the Titans. Not great. It was good. With it was how, a good game. With how bad the Chiefs defense has been, I think you would want more than 23. Um, Derrick Henry had how many rush? What, 150, I think? 130? Yards? He had 86 yards. 86 yards, really? 30 carries or 29 carries for 86 yards. I no touchdowns. Popped. I thought he popped. That's a disappointing game for Derrick Henry. Because I believe Chris Jones is still out. I could be wrong. I didn't get to watch that full game either. But when when you're looking, this is this is a statement game. As much as as bad as Kansas City has been, how good they've been the last two years, this is still circled on the calendar. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, just so you can hold it over them at a later date. Chris you know? Jones did play. He did play. Yeah. I I think you got to want more if you're Derrick Henry. Because like I said, 
We talked about it earlier. He destroyed Baltimore in the regular season last year. 42 rushing yards in the playoffs. This is one of those games where Derrick Henry needed to go off. I feel like this is the game I needed him to show out. This is one of the worst run, the worst, one of the worst defenses in general. I I would want more from my offense. Still a good win, twenty three seven. You're never going to turn your nose up at it, but it's one of the chances, one of the few chances in the year where one team looks bad and you're trying to really make it, like not make a name, but you know, establish yourself. I guess as a more consistent contender. This is a game where I wanted to go out and punch forty two on the Chiefs defense. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it would be definitely a better look. I think, I mean, the Titans are one of those teams where you're not going to probably put up 30 points every week. You're going to have... Not every week, definitely you're, not. You're going to have to win some of these slugout games, and this was not one of them, but I just don't think that offense with Ryan Tannehill is dynamic enough to go out there and, you know, put up 40 against a bad defense. So, yeah. uh Overall, I wasn't too blown away. I mean, obviously very disappointed if you are the Chiefs. Uh, It kind of feels like a nail in your coffin. Yeah, it definitely hurts, especially after losing to Buffalo the week before. Kind (laughs) of... I mean, obviously your feelings are hurt after the Baltimore loss, and it's just gotten worse and worse each week. You had a break against the Eagles, and then it's just been all downhill since. So... Before we get into hot and cold, quick word from our sponsor, Exotic Pop. They're a Houston-based company and known worldwide as the Unique Beverage Boutique, offering rare and hard-to-find flavors of beverages and snacks that are sourced from all over the globe. Exotic Pop promotes creativity, individuality, and a distinctly positive movement for pop culture as it draws legendary entertainers as well as soda connoisseurs together for a greater purpose. From hits like Wu-Tang Pineapple Soda to rare snacks like Dunkaroo Cereal, Exotic Pop is your one-stop shop for all the goods. Love it. I love talking about it. I love drinking the drinks. I love eating the snacks. I'm a huge like beverage guy and I'm a huge snack guy. I do refer to myself as a beverage connoisseur because of all the different... It's all soda but and juices. I do like a Calypso. I love a good Calypso lemonade every once in a while. So... I love drinks, and Exotic Pops got them, and that's why we're our sponsor. I'm a diet guy. Are you a diet guy? Yeah, I, I like diet flavors better than I like regular flavors for whatever reason. I can respect it. <laughs> I don't I don't agree with it, but I can respect it. So, hot and cold, what do we got? Uh, you want me to start off? Yeah, I'll let you go first. Okay. I'll be the gentleman here, I guess. All right. My cold take is Kyle Shanahan shouldn't get fired. Okay. Let's just – I'm going to pull another phrase out. We're going to pump the brakes on all this yeah. talk. Because everyone's calling for their head, you know what I mean? They think, you know, oh, you know, look at their record, all of this stuff. Listen, they would not have been given the authority to move up in the draft, waste all those picks, and take a development guy. 49ers ownership knew there was going to be some growing pains in there. 110%. They absolutely had to be aware of the fact that there was going to be some pains. And it's happening this year. And I know there was a lot of hype going around this team. I kind of said from the beginning I thought they would finish last in this division. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it'll be Seattle, but I still don't think they were a playoff team from the beginning. Um, even with Jimmy G, I just didn't it didn't feel explosive enough. No, it never. It hasn't been since he tore his ACL. And the thing I said from the beginning was they're going to blow it up at some point and just give Trey Lance the reins, right? Mm-hmm. And they started to do that, and then he got hurt. Um, so I don't. I don't think he's going to get fired. I think it's crazy talk. He shouldn't. No. No. No way in hell 
should Kyle Shanahan be fired in the next three years, yeah. I think. Obviously, pending any civil John Gruden situation, right, off right, the right. field stuff. On the field performance, he gets he gets at least this year and another, if not one more year. I was like, I'd, I would give him three. We all know how talented he is as a coach, as a coordinator. I think if it's he, one of those things where, like, I will live, even if the these, this year is bad and next year is really bad, that third year, I just, you, you may look back on it and waste three years, but, like, the plus side is another dynasty. Yeah. That is the upside with Kyle Shannon and his So, I, I just think it's all headline talk. I think it's flashy, so people are talking about it. If anything, I think the what the headline should be is that Jimmy Garoppolo is n- no longer a starting quarterback. Quarterback in the league. NFL. Yeah. That is that is my headline coming out of San Francisco. That defense doesn't look good. They've lost their defensive coordinator. Like there's gonna there was gonna be some growing pains this yeah. year. They've been banged up as well. I think they have ten plus guys on IR as well. And like half of them are in the secondary, of course. So I just don't like the direction that that conversation is going. I just, yeah. I, I think it's ridiculous. Um, the fact that it's even been mentioned at all, let alone it be like a circling headline, is insane. If he got fired, he would get hired this offseason if he wanted oh, the job. He would, he would be in Vegas next week. He would, yeah, he would be. If they're going to give John Gruden a hundred million dollars, Kyle Shanahan's getting two hundred. Yeah, like he would be head coach. He would be number one on a lot of people's list for on, the NFL on job. every list. I think. I don't think there's a better head coaching option out there if Kyle Shanahan would were to become available. My hot take this week is the Colts will sneak into the playoffs. Did you change this? Was it something else earlier? Nope. When I read it? Nope. No. Maybe I read something else. I don't this know. is definitely what I wrote in from okay. from the beginning. Um, I've talked about the Colts a little bit on here. I've had other side conversations with other people. Um. I liked what this chemistry is starting to turn into. It's building. Carson Wentz played better than the stats even showed on that game. There was a lot of drop balls. I f- was feeling a little bit bad for him. I was pouring he in San Francisco. He has one interception so far this season. One. Absolutely insane. Which Did is- it happen in the San Fran game or no? No, 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 it didn't. Which, like, he's on a... Now, I mean, that it was like 167 throws without an interception. That was before the San Francisco game. I believe he is... Currently the longest streak of most throws without an interception by an NFL quarterback currently. So I'm not saying he's elite by any means, but, I mean, he he has shown flashes of being... Yeah, he had no interceptions that game. He's looked good, and he's been getting better. Yes. And that team is a team that wants to run the football, right? So Jonathan Taylor is going to be the feature guy. Uh, They really don't have a number one wide receiver, so I think if I'm them, I'm one of the buyers for... Brandon Cooks, OBJ. Literally anybody who comes available at the wide receiver position. Yeah, so I think there, there might be a couple people open there. Um, I think that they're kind of needing that number one guy. So, I, I mean, I really like this team. I think it's it's coming together. I've always liked Frank Wright. I think they just need a little bit of time to mesh, and that's why they got off to that slow start. So watch out for the Colts this I think year. If their secondary figures it out, not figures it out, but continues to improve i think they're definitely on the right track and and they have a lot of money to spend this offseason yeah as as normal they never spend any of it yeah which we'll see if they have their patriots offseason this year as the patriots did last year but only time will tell yeah so i do have two cold takes this week one was kind of just more of a funnier thing than anything um my first cold take is tom brady is the best quarterback of all time which i mean that's an obvious statement of fact he did throw his 600th career touchdown this week 
the only quarterback or only player in NFL history now to score 600 touchdowns in his career. Definitely a milestone. Obviously, the story being around that ball being the you know Mike Evans gave the ball away. His reaction on the sideline was priceless, and then the trade that the player that the the fan made with Brady to get that ball back. I was not going to lie to you. All my friends, and I know there's a couple of them that listen that had this opinion. I'm disappointed. Mm-hmm. I had like almost exclusively all of my buddies were like, I would have kept it and sold it. It's worth so much. Like, and he got a lot of stuff back, which I'll go through the list. Like, they're like, oh, you could have got so much more money from him. Like, mm-hmm. this is this is Tom Brady. I'm not going to be that guy. Like, yeah. he doesn't. He wouldn't rank up there with the the guy that got banned from the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, stadium. that's what I was going to say. That caught the he, foul ball. Yeah, or I was whatever. like, he's he's not at that level, but like. To me, he enters right below that at that point. Because you're just, you're being an asshole. Like, yeah. just, you got some stuff back. I mean, he was, he got two signed jerseys and a signed helmet from Tom Brady. He got Mike Evans, uh, a signed Mike Evans jersey and his game cleats from that game. He got a 1K credit at the Bucks team store, two season tickets for the remainder of this season and next season, and Tom Brady gave him Bitcoin, which is currently valued at just over $62,000. U.S. Right. I feel like that's a big win. I mean, Bucks season tickets, they, they've got to be crazy expensive. Yeah, I guarantee they're like, and if you're a sporting fan, like, are you, this is 100%, I would much rather have this than my cash. And that Bitcoin, everybody's like, oh, you could have got so much more money. Use that Bitcoin wisely, and you, I mean, you have enough money there. Right. Aside. The, the other thing I'll say, too, is, like, you talk about selling the ball. Well, now, if he wants to, he can go sell the cleats because Mike Evans caught the ball, so it's yeah. not as worth as much as the ball, but it's worth something. Yeah, and then there was a – he came out afterwards after he traded the ball and everything. He's like, my intention was to never sell it if I were to keep it. Obviously, like, that's, that is a priceless thing that I would have kept. As a sports fan, if I didn't make that trade, that I would have arguably kept. Like – that's going to go to Cat Canton. It's going to oh, sit in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. To, as it should. Like, yeah. There's there's no other place for it. Sorry, like Tom doesn't get to keep that one. If he throws 700, they'll give him 600 and then 700. <laughs> they'll they'll switch Canton. it back yeah. up. Right. So, Which he might. He very well might. As, <laughs> nothing is outside of the realm of possibility when Correct. it comes to Tom Brady at this point. But the main reason I brought this up is you remember his last year, maybe the second to last year in New England, where mm-hmm. every week he'd put out the video, and, like, there's the one with Gronk when the Eminem song was playing in the background. Yeah, and like, yeah. He has all his videos. His last one this week, which the main headline I saw from this game was, like, Tom Brady gives two shits about your rookie quarterback and your developmenting team. We're going to hang 40 on you. Like, uh-huh. like the, the main headline was, the Bucks have no mercy. And then he posts his video this week, which I don't know if he's been doing all year or not. I haven't seen him as much this year, I've, so I don't I, think so. I saw this one, and so he makes his video. He's like, a oh, great win, on to week eight, da 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 And there's Chief Keith playing in the background, who is probably the most inf- one of the most influential rappers of all time and definitely one of the most influential out of Chicago mm-hmm. as well. And I thought it was the coolest thing. And, like, I was just... You think I'm, he does that? I bet you he is a social media person oh, he, that does that. I don't know if he does it, but whoever does it is a fucking genius. Right. I still love that clip of him and him and Gronk. Gronkowski, I yeah. think it was after the Super Bowl where the, he was just, like, looking at the camera and he's like, they're both smiling. And, well, so they recreated that one. Yeah. That was after they beat... The original one that everyone thinks about is after they beat the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. It was like, we ain't... 
Yeah, Golden, yeah. Nowhere. And Gronk's um, doing like a little swag yes. dance. After the Bucks won the Super Bowl, they recreated they that. It. Yeah. yeah. I do love that's that's probably my favorite one, but that I was like, you're gonna go out there and ruthlessly destroy the Bears and then put like their city's rap icon in the video afterwards. That I was, respect it. That is Tom Brady's move. If Chance the Rapper had a more appropriate song, I feel like he would have like snuck him in there somehow. It might have. Maybe. It would have been awesome if he was wearing like a Chance hat, like the three that hat. That would have been, yeah, just tack onto it. Why just, not? Yeah, yeah. Just add on to the pile. There's like a Kanye, like the, <laughs> the teddy bear that used to be on all Kanye's albums just sitting in the background, background. on his show. Is Kanye yeah. from Chicago? Yeah, he is. That makes sense why he's crazy. Yeah, there it is. Fair enough. Uh, my second cold take, a more real one. Green Bay is in deep trouble for week eight. Um, oh. Devontae Adams is out. Alan Lazard is now on both on the they're both on the COVID list. That leaves the top two leaders in receiving yards on this team are Aaron Jones, who has like 184, and Randall Cobb, who has 178. In comparison, you look at that's one and two. I think Alan Lazard's at like 240 something, who's also mm-hmm. out. Then Devontae Adams has like 800. So. Very large drop in production from one to two, and then the two's out, so two to three and four. There's And they play Arizona. Right, which is already a hard game. Yeah, it's already you're not looking forward to this. So they're they're in some deep water this week. It feels like an Aaron Rodgers win game. I don't know why. It feels like another I, – I, I'm sensing an Aaron Rodgers Hail Mary. This right, week. or something, like, yeah. I, I'm feeling a fourth-quarter comeback and a 60-yard bomb to the third-string tight end. It very well could be an entertaining game still with, with those guys being out. It is Aaron Rodgers. That's true. Anything is possible. Uh, my hot take this week – I hate Which this one. I promise, I wrote this before I read Pump the Brakes. Mm-hmm. Like, I wrote this, and then I read the rest, and I was like, ah, son of a gun. It's okay. Um, the New Orleans Saints will make the wild card in the NFC. Um, it is, it's definitely hot. I'm not 100% on the train, but I was looking at the stats. I was trying to come up with this earlier, and I was, again, I'm usually pretty good at pulling one. I've been struggling the last couple weeks to really think of one. Usually I feel like I come up with one during the week that just comes to me, and I'm like, that's extremely hot, and I believe that. I'm going to write that down, and Mm -hmm. I haven't had that moment these last couple weeks. So the main reason I do think the Saints can make it is um, I don't think there's a ton of competition for the 6th or the 7th seed in the NFC at this point. Like, a ton of... Like, when you look at, so you leave the Rams the Cardinals out and you take your three division winners, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Dallas. Right. Who is left that is contending for a playoff spot at this that point? I would think it are legit teams. Yeah. It would be, for the 6-7, it would be New Orleans, Minnesota, Atlanta. Yeah. Those are the only three teams that I think have a shot. So, so two of those teams are going to make it at this point. Unless Carolina gets hot again, but I don't think that's going to happen. I would agree, yeah. After benching Sam Darnold this last week, I think it's... I think it's done. Yeah. So, the reason I'm thinking about this is if you had to pick, if you give me, like, your best defense or, like, just your gut reaction of, like, who's the best defense in the league, if you had to guess. Just... That's so just hard to say. Throw a name. Uh, eh, I would probably say, as a unit, probably the Bucks. The Bucks. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you said that, because it... That's one of the teams I was predicting you to say. Okay. So, when I, I was looking at all their team stats defensively compared to the rest of the league, the New Orleans Saints are 8th in total yards allowed per game. The Bucks are sitting at 9th. Mm-hmm. They they're, they're currently 20th in passing yards a game, which is a glaring issue. 
bottom half, but not super far off of right in the middle. Definitely something that needs to be addressed, but I think it's fixable going forward. Um, but also, the Rams, who are also widely known as a pretty good defense, are 21st, right behind the Saints. So there's a little bit of comparison for you. They're third in rush yards allowed per game. Just the Browns and the Buccaneers are ahead of them at 1-2. and two. Um, And they've allowed only the third least amount of points with the Bills and the Cardinals being the two teams above them. So they're ranking top 10 in every defensive statistical category except for pass yards allowed, which is kind of the most important one. That was the one thing that's like the chink in my armor to this. I'm thinking the defense is going to be good. I think the offense only gets better. I think Jameis Winston should get better. He hasn't looked bad. He hasn't looked bad, but he hasn't looked good either. He hasn't looked great. I still don't think they've really opened up the playbook for him yet. I'm still seeing a lot of 25 passing attempt games, and I don't want him to throw 50 times, but I need to see 30 to 40 every once in a while because I don't think he can win a playoff game throwing 25 times a game. And I'm looking at the two losses that they have, and none of – Neither of those losses were on him. Like I don't, there wasn't a game where I'm like, you lost that game because James Winston is your starting quarterback. And I think if they do make the playoffs and lose, that's going to be the reason. So let me let me let me point a couple things out here. Okay. I've got uh, some problems with this theory. Okay. So let's look at who they've played so far. The Packers, which was that freak game to start freak the game. year. Yeah, definitely. Packers only scored three points. They lost to the Panthers, so the Panthers' offense put up 26 points on them. Who were 3-0 three, three to start the year, obviously. They have fallen off since. The Patriots, the Giants, Washington, Seahawks. What out of those teams, outside of Green Bay... Yeah, not counting Green Bay. You don't look at that and go, wow, those are some offensive <laughs> passing are, juggernauts right yeah, there. Yeah, those are, those are quality wins. So you've got the Packers, who just had an off game. Panthers are a run-first team. Patriots are a run-first team. The Giants are kind of a hot garbage mess. Daniel Jones has played well, so we'll, we'll give him some credit for that game. Washington, Taylor Heineke's played well, but again... Played well, but not not a top quarterback. Not a top quarterback, and Geno Smith played uh, for the Seahawks last night. True. So I, I, I think that's slightly alarming. They haven't played a lot of super high-powered offenses. Um, the other thing is, uh, is, is, going on the same thing, is they haven't played a lot of teams that are impressive wins to me they, yeah i would agree and in the games that i would expect them to win by a lot they don't like that's the other thing that but like last night should have been a blowout like Jameis winston versus geno smith you're taking Jameis winston to put up 28 points what a quarterback matchup for the ages and the seahawks is. defense is like a bottom five defense in the league right not now. great at all so I don't love their offense, I don't love their defense, and then I look at their schedule, and you got Bucks, Falcons, Titans, Bills, Cowboys, Buccaneers again, Panthers, Falcons. So they they gotta win. You gotta win out in your division, except like you can lose the two Bucks games. You'll probably lose to Dallas and Buffalo. Lose to Dallas and Buffalo, and let's say the Falcons beat them twice, they're out. Or they go one on one with the Falcons, and you know the Falcons comes win. down to seeding at that point, and right. how, uh, how well the Vikings do in the North as well. And in the same breath, I look at the Falcons schedule and I go, it's a lot easier. So I, I just, I don't know, I don't, I don't love the, I don't love the Saints. I do like Sean Payton. I just don't think Jameis Winston has really wowed me enough to to get me to that point. I think Michael Thomas will come back at some point, which I think is an addition. I think hopefully he continues to develop more with the receivers he currently has. Alvin Kamara hopefully stays healthy. Sean Payton's got to open up the playbook. Like, this 4-2 and two with the closed playbook doesn't help you at all. 
Right. So I'm hoping and I'm predicting that they are going to open it up at some point, and I think that will be the factor. They have Tampa Bay this week. I think we'll see a very, very good measuring stick. They're going to lose. That yeah. is um, how they lose, It is how close can you keep it? Yeah, how absolutely. good slash bad does Jameis look in his return to Tampa Bay? And how much can you slow down Tom Brady? Because your run defenses look good, but Tom Brady doesn't run the ball. Tom Brady throws the ball. So yeah, uh, I'm not 100% sold on it, but I do think that their defense has been a lot better than a lot of people are giving them credit for. But at the same time, with the teams they've played, should be a lot better. I don't know. I'm 50-50 on it. The more we talked about it, the more I'm like, God, I'm kind of an idiot. But That's okay. That's what hot takes are for. That's, yeah. You know, you know what's life of the Because if they make the playoffs, if they're the, if they're the sixth seed, I'm a goddamn genius. I don't know <laughs> if you're a genius. But... No, I'm taking it. I'm taking it. I'm okay. a goddamn genius. But if they don't, then I'm an idiot. And, you know, I'm okay to live with that every once in a while. All so. right. Pump the brakes. Let's go for it. All right. First headline I got for you, Aaron Rodgers will be a Packer next year. I'm going to roll with this one. I do like this one, honestly. Um, the logistics alone to make the trade for him is out of this world. We're talking if San Francisco gets him in the offseason, which they wouldn't do, obviously, with Trey Lance. They can't. But they don't have any first-rounders. That's very true, yeah. What if they ship? Never mind. Like I said, the logistics for this trade happening are astronomical to start with. Any team that gives up to get Aaron Rodgers is either losing a lot of draft capital, which is probably a thing, probably going to lose a key player or two here or there as well. So trying to pull this trade off is extremely difficult. I think it would have to get worse than it was this offseason. And he'll have to go to the AFC for sure. Yeah, they they're won't not trade him. Deal. Yeah, they won't trade him in conference. Hell no. Yeah, they're, they're going to send him to Detroit probably. Right, yeah. well... He can't turn Detroit around. We're just yeah, no. There's as no good as he is, that. you're not fixing that. No. no, they better hand him the keys to the front office <laughs> if they want him to turn that franchise around. I do think he will, and also just they've played well, and there's going to be drama. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. The off season will hit. We'll have the same thing we had this year. It'll look like it's going to happen all off season, and then it won't happen again. I think there's a good chance if they are buyers at the trade deadline. They need to be. And I have someone potentially who could be a good fit later on down the thing. Later on down pump the brakes is what I should okay. say. Next one I got for you. The 49ers should sell at the trade deadline. I'm going to – I'm not – I don't want to say like I'm pumping the brakes, but I feel like I'm definitely pumping them more than I'm not, if that makes sense. Like, okay, yeah. I'm not selling the farm by any stretch, but like I might sell a, a few pieces here and there if the price is right. This team looks so far away at this point to me, and you don't have your first rounder next year, uh, so you've got to do something. Them trading DeForest Buckner away was – honestly, I think it hurt them a lot. A lot of people they, were upset by that. They yeah. did, yeah, because it was like, are we going to trade Defoe or are we going to trade Eric Armstead? First of all, they traded the wrong defensive lineman by far. Second of all, they shouldn't have drafted three defensive linemen in the top five in three years consecutively anyways. Um, so that was a huge issue because Defoe is a pro bowler. He's an all-pro defensive tackle, probably the third or fourth guy behind Chris Jones or in Aaron, in Aaron Donald interior wise and Eric Armstead is nowhere close to that mm-hmm. any of those guys um, but at the same time like so you think they're farther away than they're close to it I guess 
Is that what yeah, like? I don't think they're like I don't think this is a team that you go into the off season and their cap situation isn't amazing either. Yeah, if they had a bunch of cap space, it might be a different. Story. So you don't have your first rounder next year uh, for the next three years, as a matter of fact. Um, Jeez, and this team doesn't look like they're going to turn around in the off season magically. Uh, you need to get. You got to recuperate. You got to somehow get back into it. So you got to. You got to do something. You have to so. hire a new training staff. That's top of the list because the injuries cannot sustain. Continue, yeah. I think if there was any team that needed to trade for Stephon Gilmore when leaving New England, this was the team. I have no idea why Carolina giving up a six rounder. Because if I, I, as much as I'm strapped for draft capital at this point, I'll give up a fifth or a fourth yeah. or a third or a second to go get Stephon Gilmore at this point. A six was just so little to pay for. So Yeah, this. but again, he wanted out. They wanted to move him. There's no leverage in there's no leverage in the situation. Somebody was going to trade for him. I am shocked it wasn't higher, but I think the Panthers were like, I don't know. I, Whatever. I, I don't. I don't look at this team and go, "Wow, they're going to be able to flip it next year." So I, you got to do something. To, Trey Lance has got to be ahead of schedule if that's going to happen. And I don't know how they're going to trade Jimmy Garoppolo in the offseason. You can't. I don't think you can. I, it's going to be so hard with that contract. You're, gonna have to you're not going to get much back, if anything. You're going to eat the money and cut him, or you're just going to eat the money and sit him on the bench at this point. Right. Because I, I can't. If he was a starting level quarterback, maybe you could move him. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's a starter in this league at this point. So I, it's it's tough. Because as much as they're not super far away, I'm thinking about the guys. That, I don't know who they'd sell at this point. I'm not right, selling, that's the other problem. I'm not selling Nick Bosa. I'm Can't. not selling Trey Lance. Can't. Not selling Fred Warner. And at I that think point, about it. You would think about it? I would think about Fred Warner. I, I think Fred Warner is Bobby Wagner away from being the best middle linebacker in the league. So I, I, he fits their scheme so well. I sit there and I look and I go, I have three people I'm not willing to trade. And that's it. Who are the three? Trey Lance. Uh, or Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa. And I don't think you can trade uh, Brandon Ayuk yet. Okay. I just don't think the return on investment is there. I mean, if you trade him away, you're going to get a third, maybe a fourth. Right now, definitely not. Yeah. You know what I mean? He just hasn't looked like anything. So I think it's too early to give up on that project. Yeah. So outside of those three, if somebody wants to come in and, and offer me somebody on my offensive line, something like I got to get picks back. I got you got to sell. I think if I yeah, I don't think I'm selling unless I'm getting first round picks back though. You're time. probably like, not. I've you probably got to take two seconds or you got to you if you have two seconds, it's better than having no first in a second. In a second, yeah, fair enough. Alrighty, the Falcons will make the playoffs. We kind of already talked about this scenario a little bit, but. Yeah. This is tough because they've looked better and better week in, week out. And even if they make the playoffs, they're not going to do anything. Yeah, but neither one, of, neither the Saints or the Falcons are doing anything. But no. if you look at those rosters right now, which one would you rather have? Would you rather have the Falcons roster or the Saints roster? That's really tough. I want neither. Yeah, agreed. Personally. I'd do my own expansion draft. Please. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Because the Falcons' offense is obviously better, but I do think that the Saints' defense is obviously better as well. I would probably lean towards the Falcons in the long run. Kyle Pitts offense, is coming on lately. Offense is going to win you more. It's a, it all comes down to Arthur Smith's game plan, and I shouldn't trust Arthur Smith more than Sean Payton, but Arthur Smith has shown me more than Sean Payton through six games. So um, I am going to have to pump the brakes 
because I do think the Vikings will finish better than the Falcons will. I think the Vikings are the sixth seed. I think the Saints and the Falcons vie for the seventh seed. Yeah. And I can't say the Falcons are going to make the playoffs when I just told you that the Saints are going to make it. So. I think it, I think it really comes down to uh, those games. Like I think Saints Falcons games are going to be one of those games that you you don't think matters or anything. There's going to be a lot on the line on those games. Yeah, this is this is a playoff deciding game. Exactly. You want to hold the tiebreaker there. 100%. All right, we're going to skip the Saints ones because we've talked enough we about talked them. We've talked about them, yeah. Uh, Allen Robinson should ask for a trade out of Chicago. It's really tough. I think Chicago should trade him, by the way. As long as, I mean, if they could get a return back, I'd be okay with trading him. I would pump the brakes if I'm Allen Robinson at that point. Um I do think Justin Fields is coming into his own. I don't, you've really got to feel out how their head coaching situation is going to pan he, out at this point. He's on the franchise tag. He is currently? Mm-hmm. Oh. So if you're the Bears and you don't trade him, he probably walks. Or, or you tag gonna, him again. Or you're going to tag him again and it's going to be really expensive. At, what, probably $26 million next year. Which Some, something crazy. He's extremely good, but not $26 million good. It's a risky scenario because you have to think about where you're going to land at. They could send you to Houston, back to Jacksonville. Well, so the, the, that's an okay theory. Allen Robinson's going to have control because no team, no team is going to trade, trade for, for him, him unless, unless he, he says, signs an extension. Exactly. So for it's him, true. nobody, nobody's going to. Yeah, they could trade him to Houston. He's going to tell Houston, "Hey, great, I'll finish out my last eight games here with you. Catch you guys later." I'm not going to pump the brakes. I think there's a team with a lot of money that we've previously talked about that is in search of a wide receiver one mm-hmm. that should make this deal at this point. Colts. I think the Colts are... 100%. The he's Colts a great fit there. Should be at the top of the list. I think Baltimore should call. Nothing else. Call. See what the price is. If it's not super high... Why not? Why not? You know, if they're like, we want a first and some a player back, I'm like, never mind. Like, Baltimore doesn't need him, but you definitely want to do your due diligence and call. A lot of teams should call, honestly. Unless I you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the Dallas Cowboys, you should call. Call. I think the <laughs> Patriots could be interesting. Packers should try. There's no way they trade Allen Robinson to the Packers. Hell no, yeah. But I think not. I think that would be such a dynamic fit. Holy shit. That, that elevates that the Packers. That is so terrifying. <laughs> you imagine playing... Oh, my God. Like, at full health. You're yeah. like, oh, I have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Allen Robinson. Aaron and Jones. Allen Lazard, Aaron Jones, Marquez Valding scanling I, I like Allen Lazard as an, a third option a lot better than I like him as a second. So. Yeah, and I think Valdez Scanling is extremely underrated as a speedster, but he's on IR right now. He's not playing. So that is definitely interesting. I'm not going to pump the brakes on that one in the long run. I'm rolling with that. What are our preview games for Week 8? Um, we are going to start out with the Packers and the Cardinals. We're going to be somewhat quick. We are going to jump into the NBA. Yeah. And we have a lot that we want to talk about. Definitely. We've talked about this game a little bit. Packers are coming in pretty hurt, missing a lot of their pieces. So I wouldn't expect this to be super close, but it could be somehow. I but feel it's like Aaron Rodgers. It's Aaron Rodgers. So yeah. the game is somehow going to be like a three-point game with them driving with yeah. the last quarter. Yeah. So I do, I do think it'll be an entertaining game. I think it'll be a good test for the Cardinals as well. 100%. This is a, like, <laughs> it was a game that was circled and a game that needed to be a statement game, and you started 7-0, and this is a huge statement game. And now 
Now it's a statement game for a different reason. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is without his top two weapons. He is without his franchise left tackle. You have one of the better pass rushes in the league. You need to make him uncomfortable, and the defense needs to win them this game. This should not be a shootout. If I'm Arizona, my defense has to step up and prove the Packers are banged up. I need to go for the jugular. If you you want to win by two or three possessions 100%. at the very least because this is going to be your best shot and to take him down. And that's impossible to do against Aaron Rodgers, but that defense is the key to this week regardless. Whether it's winning the game or making a statement or both, the defense has to be the one to do it. Next game we got is the Colts and Titans. Another game that was circled at the beginning of the year, and then week three you're like, that's a wash. And now it's interesting again. Because, yeah, the Colts are playing so well that I, I honestly think they could come in and upset Tennessee. 100%. And then that division just becomes wide open. It's going to become a shootout between those two teams. Yeah, and but also Tennessee's coming off a good week against Kansas City. Good, but not great. I think this comes down to how well each team can stop the run. Yeah. Uh, both run first teams. Um, honestly, I like Carson Wentz more than Rontano as, as a quarterback spot as of right now. I think they're in the same group. But, yeah, which one you prefer from there, I don't, I don't think is, it's is crazy. either or. And I do like the Colts' run defense more than I like Tennessee's. But I also like Derrick Henry more than I like Jonathan Taylor. So That's true. The, I think this game, if you're the Colts, it puts – it opens up the division. If you're the Titans, it's a good chance to create separation in the division, get a good win over over your closest division rival. So yeah, this is a this is a huge statement tiebreaker game that you need to win if you're yeah. Team. It's a must win game for both teams. Again, on paper, it's not the sexiest game in the world, but I think it matters. Playoff implications. It is it is the most important game this week probably. And I think that's a great roll into Bucks and Saints. I think if the Saints want to show that they're real. Uh, getting blown out here will not help their case. No. you got to score at least 14, if not 21 points against the Bucks defense, which is extremely hard to do. And you got to hold Tom Brady to under 35. Yeah. Um, he put up 38 against uh, against Chicago, and they put Blaine Gabbard in in the second half. The so. one thing, the reason I, I do like this game is the Bucks do have a hard time stopping the run sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think against the Saints, I think it could be really entertaining to see Alvin Kamara have a great game. Yeah, and it's all about, I know that New Orleans is going to turn Tampa Bay one-dimensional and make them throw the ball, but can they stop Tom Brady? Or not, can they, can they slow him down? Right. Can they hinder him enough to give Jameis a chance? That's yes. the question. Yep. Into the NBA. Into the NBA. We, uh, just to put a little gapper here, got about 20-ish minutes. Okay. We so can do this. We, we can definitely bang this out. We're in professionals. 20 minutes. So um, basically what we're going to do, we're going to pick our MV, MVP, we're going to pick our coach of the year, and we're going to predict the east and west. We're going to go eight through one. I wrote one through eight, but I want to go backwards because I, just think, I think it'll be more entertaining that Makes way. Makes more sense, yeah. Um, everything like that. Just so you know where we stand now, that way you can hold us accountable uh, whenever the NBA season ends. I always forget. It's like... Oh, I always forget to. Um, it's late May or so. May or so, the, that's what I thought. The, the finals are usually like June or July, I yeah. think, usually wraps up. So we'll see when the playoffs start how, how right or wrong we are. Obviously, yeah. this is barring teams hold being us, healthy. Holds us accountable for how wrong we are is right. the correct statement. Yes. <laughs> so you want to start off MVP? Yeah. Um, I have Kevin Durant as my MVP pick currently for this oh year. Gosh, so boring. My safe pick was Giannis. My boring pick was Giannis. I think this is better than that. I don't think Giannis has a shot of winning the MVP. You don't think so? 
No, because, I mean, if LeBron can't win it three times in a row, there's no way we should give it to Giannis. That's, this is the NBA. I guess things, he didn't win MVP last year. But things get, don't get make sense around here. Yeah, that's right? true. We like to do things that are fucking confusing. That's so, true. Uh, I think Kevin Durant, I think, as of as it stands right now, Kyrie Irving is not playing any home games, and he obviously won't be playing in any games in California either. So he's missing it over half the season. He's not start. playing at all. He's not playing at all right now. Okay, yeah. Nets have announced that he will not participate unless he's vaccinated. Fair enough. So they won't let him play in road games. So he is not playing at all currently. Correct. Um, the depth is okay, not great in Brooklyn, and I think that benefits Kevin Durant going forward. I think this is a chance to truly show. We kind of saw it for through the Easter Conference Finals up until they lost to the Bucks. That he was showing that he was the best player in the world. That was Kevin Durant looked as good as he's looked in in a long time. I think he, I wouldn't say he took a back seat to Steph at all, but it kind of put a dampener on what we thought he could do. It's hard to shine when you're on a team with so many stars. Too. Yeah, that's part of part of the issue there. And it's going to be an issue in Brooklyn, obviously, as well. If all three guys are playing, which currently only two are. Yeah, but I think this two man show is going to be dynamic, and I think Kevin Durant is going to shine. And the narrative, I think, like narrative and the media run rookie of the year. I think they run MVP as well. Yeah, and there hasn't been a super strong MVP storyline yet. That's why I think Giannis is there. I think like when you're saying yet, yeah, you mean this season? Yeah, three games in. Yeah, four okay. games. If in. If there was a strong storyline like, already, I feel like it starts in the preseason. Remember, LeBron left, went to LA, and they're that's like, true. "Who's the king of the East?" They're like, "It's Giannis." Guess who won MVP? Yeah, that's Giannis. that's fair. Uh, yeah, that's why I, I think Giannis is out. I think he's won. He's won two in the last three years. So. I think 15 games in, Kevin Durant looks good, and all of a sudden they're like, "Best player on the best team." Yeah, he is Kevin Durant. I don't hate this pick because he is the best player in basketball right now. I, yeah. I think that's without a question. Game in, game out. Yeah. And long as he can stay healthy this year, they will be a top seed in the East as well. So I, I don't think this is a crazy pick by any means. I like your pick though. I have a lot of faith in your guy. I went Jason Tatum. I think he's got to have eventually. He's one of those guys that we talk about as like, oh, he's a superstar or like right on that cusp line. I think this is the year in Boston for him to really break out and show that he is the guy. Uh, so I, I think this is the year that he does that and, and shines through. Um, I think it's a little bit spicier of a pick because he could just be stay where he's at. But I, I think this he's might still be... still not sh- bad. No, I mean, no. He's still an all-star. Probably an all-star starter, honestly. Like, yeah, yeah. Still probably a top six guy in the East. I do like him. I definitely think there's MVPs in his future, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was this year. I feel like he doesn't get talked about enough. I feel like people start talking about Luka and they forget about him. Yeah. And, you know, Trey Young got hot and we forgot about him. Like, the the young guys get hot. Jason Tatum gets left to the wayside. But let it be known that he is the best player under 25 in this league. I do I like think him he has. I think he has the best future. When you look at Doncic, Trey Young, and anybody that's been drafted in the last three years, Jason Tatum is the guy at the top of my list. I, w- I don't know if I'd have him at top of my list. I think he's the most ready to take that next step. I think he's... A lot of people yeah. are viewing Luca will have that kind of year this year. I don't think the team around him is good enough to put them in a position where he's going to be in the storyline because you basically you got to finish top four in your top conference. three or four. Steph's the only guy to be in the conversation at all 
Yeah, with uh, last year. Last year. But he and was, that's just because the Warriors were really bad, and then all of a sudden they were the sixth seed. Well, it was Steph Curry and a bunch of 19-year-olds running around Jordan the court Jordan Poole, James Wiseman. Yes, yeah. Yeah. He was playing with quite literally a college basketball team in the NBA. Yeah. So that's why he deserved it last year. Yeah, 100%. Coach of so, the Year picks? Yeah, Coach of the Year. Um, My seating may not look like it. I do like this guy a lot. I have Nate McMillan. He's the head coach of the Atlanta. The, I almost said Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> Falcons might need him by the end of the year. <laughs> but uh, the Atlanta Hawks. I love Nate McMillan. I've always thought he was a very good coach. I've been following his career since he was in Indiana. Uh, he took over when they fired whoever was there before him. Obviously, I can't remember who it was now. Of course, I don't know. Um, the thing that I liked about McMillan is the year, the last year they had Oladipo before he got before he got hurt. They were the they were the five seed. About midway through the year, Oladipo tore his ACL out for the rest of the year. Obviously, that's their top option at the point. At that point, um, you're thinking this team's going to struggle. And like, as much as Oladipo was their top option, not a great top option. There are much better first options in the NBA. Back then, though, he was kind of an MVP caliber. He's put up 24 a night. He was very, very good. But when I look at Kevin Durant, Giannis, LeBron, and the list above him, so he goes down, and now you're left with, I don't even think Malcolm Brogdon was there at that point. I'm looking at Miles Turner and and a couple other guys, and they finished as the four seed that year. Still held on and actually moved up a spot in the playoffs. I have no idea why Indiana got rid of him at all other than they were just capped at the four seed really but it comes down to more of your roster the fact that you were a four seed at that point was kind of insane he goes to atlanta last year when they fired lawyers pierce about halfway through the year and through 20 games i think they won 12 to 15 of his first 20 games in atlanta trey young got hot hawks made a push they looked really good so he's got the momentum coming into this year. he's got the momentum coming into this year and i just i like a lot the storyline doesn't benefit him because you said it best before we started recording. And coach of the year is always expectation versus reality. Like Brian Flores on a six-win Dolphins team was coach of the year because they were a zero-win team at the beginning of the year. Right. They the felt worst, like it. Yeah, the worst roster ever assembled through three weeks. They won six. Holy cow, that guy is amazing. And that's why you thought Tibbs should have won last year for getting the Knicks in the playoffs. I do. I think Tibbs should go to the Hall of Fame because he got to the Knicks <laughs> in the playoffs. I need to see the sustained success. I tell you that the more that we talk about the Knicks, the more my heart grows. We're gonna we're gonna get into the Knicks at some point, and it's gonna be heated because I think you sleep on the Knicks too much, and I'm probably too high on the Knicks. And like, it's so weird because you're from New York and you're used to the Knicks longer than I ever was. But I'm so much colder to like. I see this success, and I'm like. I need to see it for two years before I get excited anymore. Even though you've done it longer than I have. Well, and the weird part, and like when I was younger, I chased Jason Kidd. It was my idol. No idea why, but I have every Jason Kidd jersey that he's ever worn. Really? So all the it's way. Quite a few jerseys. Yes, I do. I have like you. Should, like my closet back at home is just full of. I, and I think I had three of his jerseys when he played for the Nets, when they were the New Jersey Nets. Oh, yeah. So I had, like, the gray, the red. I had, like, in the white, too. I had the, all the three The good old number five yes. Knicks where he looked like Elmer Fudd with the headband on. So I have him for the Knicks. I have both of his Dallas jerseys when he wore two and when he wore five. Yeah. I have his Phoenix jersey when he wore 32. Why did he switch numbers in Dallas? Do when you he came back for that team, five, somebody uh, Jason Terry wore five, I think. Ah, okay. I think is why he switched to two. Gotcha. But, 
yeah so i like i followed him around so i wasn't always like just following the knicks but i was always a knicks fan at heart so when he went there i was super excited but and then i followed him coaching for a long time too so there's a while where i was like rooting for the brooklyn nets which is so ironic because i hate that team now but yeah 100 percent. um yeah so i'm rolling with Nate mcmillan who do you have same reason I thought Tibbs should have won it last year. I've got Billy Donovan. I think the Bulls are a legit playoff team this year. And I think the fact that they'll flip from being a non-playoff team, like a really bad team last year, to, you know, they'll sneak in. They'll, they'll be in the you'll, – you'll hear my rankings later on. But uh, I think they'll sneak in, and I think that's why Billy Donovan wins it. I hate Billy Donovan. Really? I Yeah, I've never been a huge fan. I watched him in OKC. I think he's a great coach. I think he's underrated <laughs> as a coach. <laughs> I think he's one of the worst coaches. That's oh, we're so imbalanced on it. We'll talk about it later. We, I want to make sure I'm not an idiot before, but like I just watched him when he was in OKC, and I'm like, good fucking lord. I we it's so funny that football we have somewhat like mindedness when it comes to basketball. You love the Bucks coach. I can't ever remember his Mike name. Mike Budenholzer. Yeah, I hate him. I think he is. The one more of the we worst. talk about it, the more I think I'm blind. I'm I'm not as knowledgeable about the game of basketball as I think I am, honestly. Mm. Like I think I know the game really well, but honestly, when it comes to coaches, I think I'm kind of fucking clueless. I love I and always I hide it well. <laughs> I would rather coach in the NBA than the NFL. I would agree. I love football more, but I think coaching basketball would be more fun. I would say that as well, but I'm also like the schemes when it comes to basketball. I'm on. I'm kind of fucking scheming. Well. Scheming matters less. It's knowing your matchups and how to get True. matchups and and opportunities for the players you want. But yeah, I think Billy Donovan is one of those guys that he works really well with a bunch of bees, just like Tom Thibodeau. That's why the Thunder had success for such a long time with these bad teams, and ultimately why I think they had to get rid of Billy Donovan. Fair enough. Um, you want to go. One through eight, through each of our list, you want to go eight, seven? Should we go eight, eight, seven, seven? Or yeah, we... that's that's what I'm asking. Okay, yeah. yeah. What do you want to do there? We can go eight, eight. Let's go eight, eight. Go okay. On. Who do you have as your eight seed? I have the Indiana Pacers as my eight seed. Um, Which is, this, I feel, spicy. It was definitely, it, it was. Like, this is definitely a borderline team. I think if they don't make it, this is a team that is nine or ten left right out. Um, there are a couple other teams in the, in the running for this, definitely. Um... I just like how this team is built. They picked up Rick Carlisle after he was fired from, or after he left Dallas last year. Yeah. So I like their coach a decent bit. Malcolm Brogdon's there, Karis LeVert, TJ Warren, Sabonis, Miles Turner. And their depth is okay. It's not great, but there's some like Torrey Craig and Jeremy uh, Jeremy Lamb off their bench are, are decent, uh, decent scoring options off the bench. So I don't know. I just have a feeling about the Pacers. I don't know what it is. For my eight seed, I have the 76ers. I think they're going to fall, and I think that it's going to be a harder fall than people probably realize for a couple of reasons. I think Ben Simmons is a better defender than he gets credited for a lot, so losing him is going to hurt that team. He's a superstar, so losing him or a borderline superstar, losing him is going to hurt on both ends of the ball. Mm-hmm. And the problem is is now you become so dependent on Joel Embiid that when he has his injury, because he like hardly ever plays. He will miss 10 to 20 games. He, most likely. Yeah, it most likely. So when you go through that, that team is going to, their best player is going to be Tobias Harris out there. Seth Curry, Danny Green. Seth Curry, right. Like not people that I want to carry the team for 20 games. So. Yeah, and for reference, I did not have the Sixers making the playoffs. This is crazy. They are the 9 or 10 team out for me. Um, I feel good about the Pacers and I feel bad about the Sixers. That's why I kind of landed that way. I think I have them too low, personally, but... 
I just I like you said when Embiid's out and Simmons is out, I I hate this roster. Even with both of those guys in, I don't. I'm not in love with this roster because Danny Green has been inconsistent. Seth Curry's great. Yeah. Um, He's shown to be really good under Doc Rivers for some reason. I think we're going to see Matisse Thibel really step into his own because he's a a smaller version of what Ben Simmons usually is. He's an elite defender. Matisse Thibel is probably one of the better defenders in the league that doesn't get talked about. He's just five inches shorter than Ben Simmons is. Yeah, I just don't know if I'm willing to bet on that step up to. I mean, be That's a higher. And he can't at six five. You can't guard all five spots like Ben Simmons. And can. even if Ben Simmons plays for the Sixers, I don't think it's for the whole season. It's not. Point. It's not a conjoined, connected team like it should be. Right. If you're going to make a push for the playoffs. Number seven, we have the same team here. Actually, uh, we went Bulls, Bulls, Chicago Bulls. Um, to me, it's more about the roster additions and the chemistry I think this team's going to have. And also just, I feel like this team is just extremely deep. It's um, built well. It's yeah. built in a way that I like the structure of it. I mean, Lonzo Ball has to have, the one, he has to play with the ball. So him being in New Orleans didn't make, with the way that they were trying to give Zion the ball, didn't make a lot of sense for him. Or Brandon Ingram the ball. And you need to have somebody, you need to have scorers around him because he's not a, an elite scorer by any means. No. And they've done a really good job of that. They've gave him options to throw lobs. They've given him a couple shooters to put around him. And I think this is, regardless of how they finish, will be one of the most exciting teams to watch this year. I think year. so, yeah. Um, the only thing I don't like about it, their their depth at the center spot is kind of iffy. Um, so, like, matchups against the Bucks are going to be nightmare situations for them. But, you know, Lonzo, Kobe White, Alex Caruso, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Derek Jones Jr., Patrick Williams, Nikola Jokic. They have a they have a decently deep team outside yeah. of the center position, so it's not not bad at all. It's very weird seeing Nikola Jokic not in a Magic jersey as well. He's was such a he was always talked about getting traded out of there, and it just never felt like it was ever going to happen. And it it did. I thought he was going to be that the one Magic big that didn't leave <laughs> that stayed forever. <laughs> yeah, and sure enough, he ended up leaving after all. Number six, we have the same team again. Fair enough. I don't want to talk about this team that much. I'm not <laughs> a big fan of this team, um, so I'll let you talk about them. I like the Atlanta Hawks. I did pick Nate McMillan as my head co- my coach of the year. I do think it's possible. I think there's a solid possibility this team might jump higher than this to a three or four spot, depending on how other teams balance out. The biggest thing for me is the development of this roster is number one because when I look at this, and if, if everybody plays to their highest potential – this is arguably one of the better rosters in the league. Yeah. I have Trey Young. I have Bogdan Bogdanovich, Lou Williams coming off my bench. Kevin Herter's a decent contributor. Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, John Collins, Daniel Gallinari, Clint Capella, Gorgie Ding. This team is deep. DeLon Wright's also here. The, the problem that I look at with a lot of these analysts that are putting the Hawks so high is they're assuming that they're just going to be the same team that they were in the playoffs last year. They got hot. They got hot. And and like you said, it is about how well this team develops. So Cam Radish, he's got to step up and show he can be consistent. They have Trey Young, John Collins, two or three good rotational guys, right. and then a lot of what-ifs. Right. DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter, and Cam Radish being the three biggest ones. Yeah. So it's, it's about how well those guys can play and how much production you get out of them. For me, I don't think they'll develop all the way, so that's why I kind I of... They're still playoff team-worthy, and they're 100%. still going to be a middle-of-the-road team. I just don't know if they're going to take that step and be a consistent contender. Yeah. Um, 
It's and that's the thing is the beauty of it is none of them have to step into a superstar role by any stretch. If they all turn into solid role players, yeah, that is right where you want them to be, and I think that's kind of a perfect scenario for them. They won't have to pay him a ton of money, hopefully, but it's definitely going to be an interesting team to watch. But I think their destiny is hundred percent in their hands going forward. Mm-hmm. So this is a team that ranges from six to three seating wise, and it's all off their own backs. It doesn't matter what anybody does around them. Yeah, I so. think I think that's a fair evaluation. Um, number five, we were different. I have the Heat. I did put the Knicks down at five. I know it pained you to put them all the way where you put them at, and I dropped them another spot. Um, I like the Knicks. I really do. I just like the teams ahead of them a little bit more. I think the teams ahead of them are a little bit more experienced. Um, I don't know. Uh, the Knicks are another team. When you look at the bench, a lot of what if. A lot of guys that coming out of college were like, I don't know, man. He's, he might be a superstar. The difference is, is we've seen production on a consistent. We saw it last year that True. these guys were able to come out and be consistent. Now you're just asking them to do it again this year. I don't know if we necessarily got better in the offseason. We kind of stayed the same. Did you you didn't sign anybody in free agency, did you? Uh, Alec Burks, maybe? Yeah, and then we re-signed D. Rose. That was a big keep for us. Um, Kimball Walker, obviously, was, a was big yeah, the biggest ad. Um, and we got him so cheap, too, which, so I love that deal. But um, So, yeah, I, I like the Knicks in that aspect. I'm going to talk more about the Heat now. I'll talk about the Knicks in a minute. Okay. Um, I like the Heat team. I really do. Um, it's very Jimmy Butler-dependent and kind of rotational guys kind of stepping out. A lot of guys that you just kind of forgot about in the league have somehow snuck their way onto the Heat roster. Mm-hmm. Victor Oladipo being one of those guys. Yep. Um, I just I, I think my problem with this team is Tyler Hero is not kind of what everybody thought. I think he's a fifteen point a night guy, and that's fine. I just don't think he's a number two that you're going to be able to go and lean on. Um, As of right now, he's not even a starter. So right. He's coming off the bench behind Duncan Robinson at this point. And I don't like Duncan Robinson that much either. Duncan Robinson is the best role player that you could put on a championship team, though. He's he's a great role player, but... That the, shooter... But you're asking him to be a two on that team right I think now. he's probably a three, because Kyle Lowry's also there, too. Yeah, I always forget about Kyle Lowry. Yeah. And that was a, that was an okay ad. It just doesn't feel like anything that's I didn't like the him, paycheck. Yeah, I, Lowry, I, they're paying but, him a lot of money. Yeah. I don't think... It, I don't think it, anything that pushed me over the top with that team. Yeah, it, that run that they had in the bubble a couple years ago was it's kind of like the Hawks, and that's why I think the Hawks and the Heat are very similar teams. Where you have one guy that you go wow, and the Bucks were this way until last year, where they have one guy that makes you go wow. A lot of guys that you can consider rotational guys, threes, fours, you know, five, sixes, somewhere in that ballpark. The reason that the Bucks were able to separate last year is because Chris Middleton stepped up. Chris Middleton. I think Drew Holiday was a huge part, and Chris Middleton was like the centerpiece in his offensive outpouring yeah. in the two games that Giannis was out. But like having a guy that was able to completely take away the number one guard option on the other team was huge, huge. for yeah. them. Yeah, PJ Tucker was also big. A lot, lot of more defense they added, but Chris Middleton played like a two. There were games where he became the one when Giannis I was, like, was off. I was like, he played like a one. Even when Giannis was on the floor, sometimes he was playing like a one. Even. So that I feel the reason I have the Heat and the Hawk next to each other is because, I mean, who knows? Maybe Duncan Robinson does turn into a really good two. Or And I think Bam Adebayo is extremely good, but obviously not going to be a two option in your offense. Yeah, you can't have it. A, a big will not be. 
a two. Unless I'm, you're Jokic or Embiid. Yeah. yeah, definitely one of those three. Um, so yeah, it's it's just it's the question of do I think someone will step up and I just don't, and I don't like the pieces as rotational guys as much as I like the Knicks guys. Fair enough. I will completely like disagree with you once I come around to the Heat, but yeah, fair enough. Uh, five seed, five seed, four seed, four seed, four now. seed. Uh, I have the Celtics. You have the Knicks. I have the um, Knicks. Yeah. So for the Celtics, I felt like I put them a little bit low here. Um, I feel like now that I'm looking back on it, I thought about like how well they do in the playoffs, which obviously doesn't um, help at all because obviously that has no bearing on how well they do in the regular season. I love the Celtics roster. I think even when they get to the playoffs, they are going to struggle though. Um, I think Phoenix really showed that you need you need a guy that can guard Giannis, and then you need a seven footer that can hang with Brooke Lopez. Mm-hmm. And the Celtics don't have that right now. Yeah, they have Al Horford, Robert Williams, and Ennis Cantor, which Cantor's horrible on defense. Al Horford's old, and Robert Williams could probably guard Giannis. So, right. so they're a piece or two away from taking down the Bucks. But other than that, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Dennis Schroeder. Josh Richardson, Jason Tatum, obviously very, very talented at the one and the two and the three. So I like the Celtics a lot. We'll see how well their their new head coach does. I do think that's why I dropped them a tad. I, yeah. There's going to be a small learning curve with the new head coach, but not crazy. The I'll, I'll talk about the Celtics here in a little bit, but far as far as the Knicks go for me, um, Julius Randle has shown that he can be I – think, I think of him more of as a two. I don't think he's, you know, an elite one at any means. He's a, he's a low-end one. He's a low-end one, high-end two, two, somewhere 100%. in there. Yep. But the rotation around him uh, with R.J. Barrett and Obi Toppin and even Evan Fourier has had some great games to start off the season, and I didn't expect that. Kemba Walker also being kind of a, that high-end two. I just think there's enough pieces, and they play as such a great team. That I think that's what's going to push them through and make them so high. They are kind of a, a run and gun team for sure. They're gonna they're gonna push the ball down the court and uh, get on fast breaks. And I like that because they're young and they're not super injury deprived. You know what I mean? So if yeah. R.J. Barrett goes down, it's not the end of the world. If Julius Randle has to miss ten or fifteen games, I don't think the team is going to suffer. Now, obviously, you get three or four injuries stacked on top of each other. That's going to hurt any NBA any NBA team. But I, I do like a lot of the pieces that the Knicks have going on right now. Yeah. I think they're probably one of the better ready teams if somebody does go down. Because I think they have one of the better next man up systems yes. in the league right now. Absolutely. Uh, three seeds. Uh, this is where I have the Heat falling at the three. Uh, you have the Celtics. Yes. Obviously, we've talked about both these teams a little bit. I, I like the Heat rotation a lot more than you do. Um, Kyle Lowry, I'm okay with. I like Kyle Lowry. Duncan Robinson struggled. Through three games so far, but it's an 82-game season. Yeah. Jimmy Butler, obviously, being their one option. P.J. Tucker, I think. They just... The Heat have a lot of, like, championship pieces, mm-hmm. I think. Um, I think this is the best team when it comes to beating the Bucks. I think the Heat are the best team to do it. Bam Adebayo, I think, is the... If I had to pick one guy in the East that I had to stick on Giannis for an entire game to slow him down, in my opinion, I think Bam Adebayo is that guy. I think Anthony Davis comes into that side if I opened it up to the West. But there's not a ton of guys that can go to bat with Giannis. And Bam Adebayo was the reason that the Heat made it to the finals in the bubble. I didn't think Kevin Durant did that bad of a job last year either. He did pretty solid. But I I, I think the thing that 
The the reason why I would take Bam over KD is because Bam could give 100% of his energy there, and the offense for the Heat will be fine. Fine, that's fair. Where the offense is going to struggle for Kevin Durant if he's forced to really have yeah, to try to stop. That's fair. Um, Tyler Heroes played great. Obviously, it's been three games. He's averaging 23 a game right now, which, again, it's three effing games. Yeah. So. Um, but P.J. Tucker, Markeith Morris... Tyler I do Hero. like them adding PJ Tucker. I think that was a huge move. Giving them somebody who can go out and guard, can shut down a guard, I think is going to matter a lot. Hundred percent. Yeah, they add a second defensive stalwart next to Butler, and I think I still think they're kind of a reliable seven footer away from being able to handle Brook Lopez and Giannis at the same time. Dwayne Dedman isn't terrible, but I do think they need. Like I wish Javale McGee landed in Miami. I, I like them against the Bucks. I hate them against the Nets, though. Yeah, I could see that. And that offense is just going to be – it's going to have its ups and downs. That's the other problem is – you live When you live and die by the three, it's very easy to die by the three. Three, exactly. And so. we kind of saw that last year to a degree where I, I love Jimmy Butler. I think he is wildly underrated for the most part. I think he, he's a strong one. He's one of my favorite players. That is, he's half the reason why I started following the Heat a lot closer is because of him and Bam. I love the way they play basketball. He gets a bad rep just because, I mean, he is somebody who's going to go all in, and if he's around a team that isn't going all in, like that year in Philly, like he was like, get me the hell out of here. I and, st- and it's kind of come to fruition, but that and, team should have won a championship. And look at Minnesota. Right. Okay, how how well has Minnesota done since Jimmy left? Not not great. They haven't been great regardless of the fact. So as much as people give him a bad rap, you got to look at the situations that he left and where they're at now. I think Jimmy Butler has been right both times. And he plays both ends. He feels like uh, I, I hate to always I hate it when people say this, but he feels like a poor man's Kawhi, where yeah. he can go out and he's really productive on the offense, but he can also stop somebody. Yeah. He he plays a lot like PG and Kawhi. They're they're yeah. all cut from the same kind of cloth, play style wise. I had the Celtics here. Um, I I think I mean one. I think Jason Tatum's going to step up. Yeah, if he's having an MVP year, I could definitely see why you have him as a three seed. I have him as a three. I also like some of the moves they made. I do like Al Horford's a little old. I get that, but. They needed help on the inside. They got it with that. He's a scheme fit, and he's played there before, and he played well there before. And for how little they're paying Dennis Schroeder, if you get, I mean, close to the production that somewhat fifteen a night. Yeah, you're, 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 yeah, that's a great pickup right there. So they they added into the rotation. It, I mean, if they get Dennis Schroeder of OKC. They might be one of the best teams in the East. But talk about the biggest fumbled bag of all time. He turned down eighty million from the Lakers, and he got seven. He got seven million from Boston. With Boston, Nuts. yeah. So that that to me is one of those teams that I, I think Jason Tatum's going to step up. I like Marcus Smart. I think he's also a really good fit next to Tatum. I love Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown is another one of those guys that you love. Love that guy to death. They've they've got the right kind of they've they've built a team in a way that I'd look at it and go, yeah, that's kind of how I'd want my team to build. Really good shooters. Jason Payne is a great... I, I think he's underrated in his defense game. I think he gets slept on just a little bit, but... His I, frame definitely doesn't hurt. Being 6'8 never hurts you defensively. No. He's a little slow. That would be, like, you know, the only knock that you'd have on him as a defender. But, yeah, I, I expect this team... I think everyone around this team is going to elevate, and so I think the team will elevate Yeah, if Tatum well. takes a step forward, you're 100% right. Right. But That's what that, this ranking is banking on. Um. Two in the one seeds. 
Yeah, we knock them out at the same time since they're both the same teams. Yeah, yeah, we just um, did them in different orders. Yeah, I have Nets at two, Bucks at one. You have them flipped. You have the Nets as the one seed, and the Bucks as the two seed. Um, I like the Bucks a lot. I think when I if I had to like craft an NBA team myself, there's hundred percent how I would have done it. Like hmm. everybody's always talked about like when I have Giannis as my star, obviously like. I've everybody's always talked about this when LeBron like just put shooters around him they'll win sixty games, and the Bucks did it before anybody really even said it. They bring Brook Lopez in who revitalized his game five years ago and is now one of the better shooting big mans in the league. Chris Middleton has stepped up. Drew Holiday's a defensive threat who also can shoot the ball well. I think losing PJ Tucker is going to hurt them in it the long is. run. Yeah, it's not going to be good. But I I just. I, I like how this team is built, and I like the way that they play basketball. I, I like the Bucks a lot, too. Um, Obviously. It's two-seed. It's going to be dependent on I, – I hate to say this. This team is really Chris Middleton dependent. So if he plays like he played last year and he's going to have nights where he absolutely balls out and steps up and – 25 in the fourth. Yeah, plays like a max contract type player, I think they're going to be very successful. If he doesn't, I think they're going to take a step back is what it really comes down to. Um, so I still think Giannis alone can carry him to a top three seed in the East. Um, 100%. It's just, yeah, when it comes to playoff time, it's going to be a lot of Middleton scoring on the outside. I think even if they finish as the two seed, I still think they're my favorites right now. Just in a seven-game series, it's so hard to stop what they do. Yeah. And they do very well at stopping whatever you're good at. I, I promise you that if the Nets, if James Harden is more healthy, I don't think they get away with the, how they played against the Nets. I just don't think it'll happen. They can't play against the Nets the way they did because they almost lost to KD by himself. Correct. So that's, right. yeah, 100%. On the Nets, I think I think Kyrie not being there doesn't hurt that team. I mean, Kyrie is, is a great player. Like, I'm not trying to diminish that, but I still think this team is really, really talented. Kevin Durant's the best player in basketball. James Harden is definitely on that list somewhere of, of in the top ten top probably. 10. So I, whenever you have two top ten players on your team, you're going to be a contender for the title. So 100%. Western Conference? Um, we probably shouldn't. We can save that for next episode because sure. Shay will kill us otherwise. Fair enough. That's fine. If you want the Western Conference, you're going to have to wait till next week. There you go. Because um, I like to talk about... We call that a tease in the business. <laughs> yeah, I I like to talk about who the AFC and NFC contenders are for 20 minutes. That's so. okay. It happens. That's on me. But that's fine. Leave you with a cliffhanger. Come back next week. Listen to the NFC. It's funny because I'm pretty like a majority of my friends are NFC fans, so they're gonna have to West fans. You're yeah, saying? they're West fans. Yeah, so they all live out on the West Coast in Cali. So you're hey. gonna have to wait till next week, guys. Yeah, there you go. That's gonna do it for week seven, episode seven of the Owen Show. We'll catch you guys next week. Stay safe, stay healthy. And we'll see you then. Follow us on Twitter. Piss warm takes Owen underscore Burke. See you next week.